Welcome to the Course Wizards Podcast with Amit Aurora and Christopher Maselli. Get ready to discover the latest tools and tips on how to create, teach, and market your online training course. Now here's your hosts, Amit and Chris. Hello and welcome to Course Wizards. My name is Christopher Maselli and I'm here with my friend Amit Aurora. How is it going today, Amit? What's up, Chris? Man, we haven't seen each other in like weeks. Feels like I know, a month. I know. I one of us went to Disney World, and it wasn't me. I've got to know how was Disney World. It's been years since I've been there. Was it as awesome. life changing as it was for me? This was my second time. It was yeah. tiring, and I'm broke. But the kids had fun. <laughs> That's the thing. They definitely make you pay. I've been there a couple times in my life. My wife is from Florida, so she's okay. been there a lot. And we've always loved Disney and Did you go to Epcot and Star yeah. Wars and all that stuff? Yeah, so it's changed quite a bit from when I went last, which was 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Over 10 years ago. The biggest thing is now everything is on an app. It's called the My Disney app. Everything is on there and I don't have one with me, but... They sell you these things called magic bands, which is like on cruise, you get a band that you just scan everywhere to pay. Yeah. And they have added these little podiums in front of each ride, which is the fast pass podium. And you scan the the magic band on the fast pass, right? You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. But now the fast pass is a paid product. So (laughs) talk about getting more revenue. So you have to pay some but it's called My Genie Plus. It's no longer called the Fast Pass. And you have to pay, depending on the surge, if there's too much traffic, too much demand, you could pay up to 29 bucks a day per person. Really? So and they're basing on how much demand is in the park. When I went, we had LastPass, but we just had to pay an overall price for like, just to have the LastPass. And then you could get ahead on any ride. The Fast Pass, not the LastPass. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a password thing. <laughs> but yeah, now they have a surge pricing. So we paid average about 20 bucks extra per person per day. And wow. there's four of us. Because they know families don't want to wait in line. You don't have to pay. So if you're a Florida resident and you just go there for one ride, mm-hmm. you spend three hours, wait for one ride and just leave because you have the annual pass holder, then it's perfect. You don't need to buy the extra genie plus right but for us we're there for five days we want to maximize our time so they know that you don't have a choice wow and that doesn't cover every so each park has one ride that is only available through the app paid extra you cannot book that is that right so they're forcing you to get that or you go stay and stand with the normal people wow Wow. So what did your kids think? Was it magical to them? Oh, yeah. They loved it. They loved everything. We would do mid-afternoon. We would do it's ice cream o'clock. So we just all buy ice cream. And of course, they get you on everything, right? So it's like ice cream is six bucks a piece. But yeah, it was fun. It was just tiring. We had rented strollers for the kids. So they were were perfect. But what we did good was we were on property. So we would just catch the monorail to Magic Kingdom or... The monorail goes to Magic Kingdom in Epcot. And I think Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom, you have to take a bus from the hotel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it wasn't bad. They, we would sleep in, Chris, till like 10.30 in the morning. Oh, really? And not get to the park till 12. Because the park's open till 9. 
Right. These kids can't last nine hours in that heat. <laughs> but there are some people who call this thing called rope drop. And the rope drop people are there. When the rope drops and the park opens, yes, they're there. Yes. Now, if I wasn't with young kids, I would think about it. But yeah, I think young kids, you don't have the stamina. I think we were there the moment they opened and we stayed until we were there till nine at night. And it is an all day all day adventure we had a lot of fun though but you're you did it right just you might as well just dive in and do everything because like you said it's just you're there for a short period of time that's awesome i know those who are listening to the podcast today did not come just to hear about disney they also wanted to hear other questions and i've got a lot of questions for you because i know last week you talked about one of your blogs and how it had it, it was mostly written by ai right and it completely plummeted in the Google yes. search results. So I wondered uh, if you could just, for those who didn't hear it, if you could refresh everyone's minds as to what you were talking about. And then I got some questions about it because I think that's fascinating, especially in this yeah, age of AI. You weren't, yeah, you weren't here. So we missed nope. the back and forth banter. I was like, what, if, what am I doing? Just looking into this mic. I'm looking at the mic right now away <laughs> from the camera. We are not on camera anymore. It's just easier for us to edit and publish content and I don't think people care so much seeing us but if we get a lot of demand maybe we'll be back on camera that's right but so yeah you missed out on asking me those questions so we figured this would be episode two where you get to ask questions from your perspective so the background is and I have my email pulled up because I actually sent a pretty detailed email to my list today was I wanted to do a test you and I use this tool called rank IQ Yes. Rank IQ gives you all the topics that you can think of. And Chris, I'm going to put this email in our project management tool here, the link of it. So okay. you can open it on your end too. Love it. So I just added it as a comment in there. So I used Rank IQ, found a topic that I want to write about. And you can look at those screenshots, Chris, as I'm talking through this. And the topic was in the fantasy niche. We'll keep the website name secret in case one day it picks up back in rankings. I actually have a strategy at the end of this call that I'm going to tell you what I'm going to try to do to have it picked back up. I think my camera keeps messing up right here, even though we are not on. So I bought the, I found the niche through Rank IQ. Now Rank IQ also tells you what topics within that niche, like the long phrase topics to write up. For example, in my email screenshot here, I use the example of finance slash budgeting niche. So some of the topics in here listed are best budget touchscreen car stereo, best budget Swiss type, best budget BJJGI, which I think is related to karate. It's not GI, right? Mm -hmm. Best projector for golf simulator, etc, etc, etc. So you can see that now I can create a blog around best budget whatever yeah, so, so that was so, so your your goal here is not to come up with any content yourself but rather to say okay i'm gonna trust rank iq in this case to based on what they search for what people are looking for i'm going to come up with content based on that not something necessarily of personal interest just of what i know the internet's interested in but then i'm not going to write anything myself i'm going to use an ai copywriting tool that was the goal, yes. Okay, okay, I got it. So I identify the niche, I identify the topics, and bought the domain name November 30th. And I know that only because I sent this email today, otherwise I'm not 
crazy about remembering that kind right. of <laughs> So about the domain, you know the domain and you said, wow, that's a really good domain, right? Yeah, it was great. And start writing content. I pull one of my VAs away from blogging that we do for our clients, like real blogging done by real humans. I'm like, you know what? Let me test this out. And I was testing a few things out, Chris. One was, can an AI blog rank? Two, does Google penalize AI content? And those were the two hypotheses I wanted to test. And if they pass, then I can scale it from there and say, okay, let's, I'm in the affiliate blogging now. And here's how I'm going to do it. Yeah, rinse and so, repeat, just do it again and again. Different niches, just keep doing it. Yeah. So that was the, and towards the end of this podcast, I'll tell you some of the lessons learned. So we're going to get there. But yeah, that that was it for now. So you tell me what questions you have or should, if you want, I can just keep. I know when you started, just right after going live, you immediately got a lot of impressions, like in the thousands, right? At least a couple thousand, I think in the first month. You were getting clicks, you were getting people to view it. And so immediately it seemed, hey, this is working. I've got a lot of AI content. I keep coming out with AI content and people are seeing it. Google is ranking it. Did you actually rank on Google at that point? How long did it take? Yeah, so first month was not that impressive. So November 30th, we I bought the domain. I'm looking at that email that I had sent out to my list today. First blog went on... December 2nd, and in December, we wrote about one, two, three, four, five, six, eight blogs. So eight blogs in December, and then January is when I put in my analytics was two, almost 2,000 impressions and 84 clicks for the month of January. Wow. So one hypothesis which has been tested here, Chris, is a new brand, new domain name can rank. But you will be doing yourself a disservice if you don't use a tool like Rank IQ that tells you exactly what you need to write to rank for the low-hanging fruit. Once you build up your blog from that low-hanging fruit, now you can add more difficult keywords that, let's say, everyone's ranking for, right? Best fat loss gummies. You're never going to rank for that in a million years. But if you wrote best fat loss fat loss gummies for 27 year olds who weigh 225 pounds that's a very targeted <laughs> exact phrase niche that only 100 people in the world are searching for but guess what for those 100 people your article will be the number one article because no one else wants to write about that so it appeared that's what was happening here you'd written some very niche blogs you were getting a lot of people who were looking at it and so I would think that would be good enough that Google would say, you know what, even if this is AI written, because we know that they're okay with AI written material as long as it's good, you'd be fine because, hey, you're, you were delivering the information they wanted. And let me ask you this. Did you edit it at all or was it just completely from it's written pure, from AI and then thrown raw, out there? Yeah. Raw, exactly. raw, put out there. Okay. Hard so code. it went out there and everything was good for almost three months, right? Three full yep. months, November, all December, all of January, and pretty much all of February. And then the crash happened. Yes. And I, when we say crash, like it goes from this constant rise to just a cliff and then nothing. Like clearly. You can see that cliff. Yeah. Yeah. You clearly, this is something happened. This isn't just, oh, people lost interest in it. It's not that. It's just 
it's dead now. Google is not not giving it any prominence whatsoever. I don't understand exactly what happened if it was decent content. So I have three theories. Let's hear them. I want to know. Theory number one is my site got de-indexed. That Google realized, okay, this, I was stupid enough to put it in the footer, like a disclaimer, that content generated on this website is AI generated content and is for informational purposes only. So why do Maybe you do I that? Should Just have curious. I, I wanted to make sure I'm playing with the rules you because Google be says AI guy. content was okay. Yeah, yeah, Google yeah. has said the AI content is okay. I'm like, they oh, did. great. I'm just going to mention it on my site that, hey. So I think that was one mistake. I don't know if Google bots read that. So then to prove my theory, and anyone can do this, you go to Google, you put site in the search bar, you put site colon your website name dot com dot net, whatever. Yeah. If you see results, that means it's not de-indexed. Mm-hmm. So I tried that and lo and behold, I see results. It's showing all my pages. That means the pages are still indexed. So theory one is busted. Okay, so it's not that. Then I move on to theory number two. Okay. Theory number two is that I received a manual penalty from Google. And we're going to do an episode in a few weeks about how to use insights for your blog. And in that, I'm going to talk about Google Search Console, but we'll put this link in the show notes, Chris, so people can see my email, even if they're not subscribed to my email list, because I have this, I'm going to convert it into a blog post because it was a very well thought out email with a lot of images. So in Google Search Console, you can go to a place called Manual Actions. And here you will see if Google has taken a manual action against your blog, I was like, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, which and that typically happens if you have inappropriate material or hate speech or if you're just clearly got like a whole bunch of advertising on your site. Like it's like what you're delivering is not in good faith with what people are searching for. But again, no, you go to... Or it if was, you're just copying someone else's blog. Or if you're copying someone else's material. Yeah, but that's none of that was the case in uh, with this blog of yours. So yeah, I don't think that's it with Theory 2. And I know you went and searched and... Yeah, Google Search Console said, yeah, no issues detected whatsoever. What's with that? So that brings me to theory number three and a half. Actually, I have theory three and theory three and a half. All right. Theory three is that there was a Google Core update where they updated the algorithms to automatically de-rank any AI content blogs. I went and searched for Google Core updates, and the last Core update was February 21st. My blog lost rankings on 25th. I was like, oh, maybe there's a correlation. But that update on 21st was about product reviews. Nothing to do with my fantasy niche (laughs) blog. So another big X on theory number three. So what is it then? So you have no more theories. I have 3.5. Oh, that's right. 3.5. I hope this is it because I'm left with a big question mark right now. (laughs) This, I think, is it. It's something called shadow banning. And if you go and ask Google or ChatGPT or your favorite AI tool, what is shadow banning? I have this whole paragraph here. It's a type of search engine penalty in which the website or the content is blocked from appearing in search engines, which is what you said, right? You just said that it just sounds like Google stopped showing your content. So Google shadow banning is something that they don't agree that they are doing it. 
but they also don't disagree. And it's you're like in this murky grave water of could it be it? And that's the only explanation that makes sense because all the other things that I thought were true, I did my research and I found them to not be true. It's so crazy though, because like when I think of a shadow ban, I think, okay, this is something that someone manually might do at Google, right? Too, because they're going to look at a site, they're going to go, you know what? We shouldn't be indexing this. And I look at your site and while I know you were having success with it, it's not like you were having a wild success. It's not like tens of thousands of people were coming there every day. You had a couple thousand people, right? Over the month. That's in the scheme of things. Not even the couple of thousand was impressions. The clicks were hundred. Right. So in the scheme of things, if it's such small potatoes, I don't see why anyone would care enough to do a shadow ban. And I can't imagine that their algorithm would be shadow banning based on on what? My theory expands to the fact that Google wants to reward bloggers who do this for a living and who have the EAT, the experience, expertise, authoritiveness and trustworthiness. Someone like me who just shows up, starts using AI content, I'm adding more spam into the world. It's half the <laughs> stuff is not even like yeah. true, right? Because it, yeah. it's a fantasy niche. And even if it was not a fantasy niche, I don't think any of these AI tools, GPT-4 has shown potentials of true generative artificial intelligence. Every other tool in the market is just regurgitating whatever is already out there. Yeah. And that is why you could use them. And let's talk about what you can use them for. But I wouldn't rely on. And that was the purpose of this experiment, right? It could have gone either ways. And it went the way that I didn't think it would go. Help me because now I don't want to keep spending money and have my VA's time on something that's not going to work. Yeah. But I'll tell you, that cliff that we talked about in the graph was so sharp. Something definitely happened with Google on that date. That that they just stopped showing your blog altogether. Like when you look at the total impressions, it went from moving up a large amount to just nothing and everything's zero. I don't know. We'll have to keep investigating this. But I think what do you think the biggest takeaway is for our course wizards out there who are creating their own blogs and go along with their teachings that that they need to take away from this? Yeah, because I even teach in my chat GPT course how to create a 1500 word blog post, right? So takeaways, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So a few key takeaways is you can use AI, but use it in tiny snippets. Use it as a Kickstarter to your idea generation, not necessarily a replacement of what you are good at writing. Now, given this was a niche that I didn't know anything about, so I couldn't even come up with my own content if I wanted to. But we all have, we are all good at something. Everyone listening to us knows their niche well enough that they can write about it. But do you of all people know that writer's block is a real thing? Yeah. And you can only do so much to come up with social media content, email marketing content, blog content, course content. At some point, your brain's going to get fatigued. So use AI as your personal assistant to outline You can get a blog outline. You can get a social media post written because social media doesn't care about AI content. You can put that in Canva in an image. The software on the other side, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, is not going to care to them. It's just an image. What the words are on it, they don't care about. So you can use it for those things. 
but I would shy away from using it as a complete replacement to blogging. Very good. I think that's, I think that's a good word. I really think we've talked before about the dance with AI, where we let it do a little bit, then we do a little bit, it does a little bit, we do a little bit. I think that's the way to work with AI, whether it is creating a blog post or a series of slides on a presentation or anything else. You, you don't want to have it just doing everything for you because clearly Google can figure it out and Google's not going to be the only one. There's going to be a lot of different things that are going to start re realizing what is created by AI and what's created by humans. Even on YouTube, it's very easy to see every once in a while you'll come across a video that you can tell this was created with an oh, AI. Yeah. And what do you do? The first thing you do is you stop watching it. It's just, it's no good. This is good. I'll tell you what, if you're interested in hearing about how Amit found some of these answers, like what happened. We're going to cover a bit of that next week because we're going to talk about some data-driven decisions and some actual insights that we have with website metrics and that sort of thing. And I think that's going to fit really well in with this episode so people can say, hey, I want to look at my own stuff and find out because maybe you feel like, hey, no one's looking at my courses. No one's looking at the stuff I'm writing. Is that true? And we'll show you how you can go into Google Analytics and actually find out whether anyone's looking at your stuff or not. So yes, sir. meanwhile, hey, these are the Course Wizards. We are here for you. If you have any questions, please let us know. Rate, review, subscribe, and share with those that you care about because, uh, hey, we like to have everyone be able to teach stuff online. And until next time, we want to remind you to do what, Amit? Keep creating. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hey. Thank you for listening to the Course Wizards podcast with Ahmed Aurora and Christopher Maselli. Get a free PDF of their favorite online training resources as well as notes from this podcast at coursewizards.com.